0: Welcome to Life Lifebox Media Channel Radio Podcast. Today, it's my esteemed pleasure to have one. Man, if you listen to rock music in the 70s, all the way up through now, you cannot think about rock music without thinking about this man's voice. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mark Farner, how are you today? Hey, I'm proud
1: to be here, proud to be sucking air and ready to go.
0: Yes, sir, <laughs> yes, sir. How you been holding up through all this pandemic stuff, my friend?
1: Well, since I uh, look at things in a realistic point of view and I don't watch... Too much of the snoozy TV, <laughs> you know. I don't. I, I don't need those kind of false uh, images put in my head. So I just stay to my heart, and things are good. I'm healthy. Uh, we got deer running around out of here, and turkey running around out of here, and, and life is just like it was before it ever started, because uh, we didn't kind of we didn't buy into the, the scam. Uh, yes, it's real. COVID is real. We got friends that got it. We we know people that died from it, but they have used this the the dark and ugly uh, deep state. Um, the, They have used it as political advantage and a tool to uh, try and destroy uh, people's character.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's like yourself. I've had you know friends, relatives, been sick by it. I've lost some people from it. It's definitely scary, but I don't I don't like being manipulated for sure. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm safe. I'm careful. Use common sense. You know, um, but now, and this is probably In, in all your time of uh, being in music One of the biggest, time, longest times you've been home, right?
1: Yes, as a matter of fact I gotta tell you, Doc We put a garden in this year For the first time And I, I must be 40 years Lisa <laughs> and I uh, You know, we had enough time to, to grow a garden And uh, can everything And freeze and dehydrate And, uh, and you know We just kind of went and
0: got funky in the farm I like that I like that most times you don't have enough time to enjoy it from getting the end. <laughs> that's right exactly yeah.
1: brother
0: yeah and, 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 and I've said, I said you know it's, it gets you to appreciate some things too oh man yeah you ain't kidding really does you know so, uh, t- tell me a little bit about how you got started I mean because you know you, you coming up in music what were your influences what made you become an entertainer Well,
1: I was playing football, JV football, uh, sustained some injuries, and the doctor told my mother that I was not going to be playing any more football, and I wasn't going to be running track that fall. And she felt so sorry for me that on my birthday, September 29th, she got me six lessons. She um, rented a a flat top acoustic guitar, and. I took three of the lessons and the guitar teacher hurt himself and I couldn't take the last three. But uh, that did set up the, you know, where I went to the band in the high school, watched them because the guitar teacher told my, my mother to have me go and just hang with these guys because I was picking up really good by ear and by just watching him and that I could probably learn from those guys if they'd set and show me some courts. And that's exactly what they did with uh, Rod Lester and Chuck Hitt and Jim Keener. uh, My buddies, they were all older than me. They were like up in my sister's grade. Uh, But uh, I learned from them and uh, got started, you know that uh, we were in local bands. Uh, my first band was Mojo and the Nightwalkers, dude. <laughs> you know, It was a half band.
0: <laughs> I like that name, man. I, I, like, I like that. That's actually pretty cool, I think. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah I, I thought it was cool, too. But, you know, we did all the cover songs back then. We did Beatles songs and right. Yardbirds and all of the cover songs. Is that
0: who your influences were? Who were some of your influences, like, you were growing up? What were things you said when you became an entertainer and you became a singer and a guitarist, who were the people you looked at as saying, yeah, I want to be like them?
1: Well, the guitarist, I looked at Hendrix, and I did like the tone of Clapton's guitar on the album Fresh Cream. After that, I don't know where that tone got lost, but it it was never to appear again, and that was his signature. So it it, it took him out of the guitar player's But he was up there until they you know, released their second album. But uh, I believe too, that Jeff Beck influenced me when the Yardbirds came to Flint, Michigan and I saw them at the Flint IMA. And the band, we were just, we were watching them and our mouths were wide open. And we were kind of off to the side of the stage because we knew our manager got us in there and we knew the guys that ran the backstage at the IMA, and we thought we were gonna meet the Yardbirds. And <laughs> so the, the show ended, and we went up, and we thought, you know, they're, they're gonna we're gonna see them, we're gonna meet these guys, but there was nobody up there. Uh, only thing we found when we got to the dressing rooms uh, up in the, the second tier, there was a funny smell in there a funny smell and, and we said what the heck is that well we found out later they legalized
0: it it's having some high times yeah
1: right as, as far as singers brother I, uh, my favorite singer of all time is Howard Tate and he is a soul singer R&B singer from back in the 60's He had an album called uh, Get It While You Can. And I took that album from a friend who was a DJ at a radio station in Flint, Michigan, WTAC. And Bob Dell gave me that album. And I took it home and put it on. And, dude, I... Oh, I was blown away. I said, I want to sing like
0: this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but because you, you have that bluesiness about, you have that bluesiness rock about, that rock, you know, as you say, the rock and soul, as, as as the video goes. You have that, and that's really cool. you either God-given or you're not with that. You can't teach that.
1: I hear you. I appreciate it. Thanks for the encouragement.
0: Right? <laughs> you know, a few years, few years too late, but you know, I'll, I'll jump on the bandwagon. You know? <laughs> yeah, right on. But I mean, you know, it's but I, Never I, too late. Right, but that's really cool. And I think. So as you got rolling, I mean, did you know that you wanted to be a guitarist and a singer?
1: Well, uh, when I started with the guitar and I went to the older guy's band rehearsal, Uh, I just, you know, I didn't take my guitar with me. I just went and none of them wanted to sing uh, because they didn't have the confidence. And they said, can you sing? You you can sing these, you know? So I started singing their songs. They go, yeah, man, we'll keep you for the singer. And you keep playing and keep, keep practicing. When you get good enough, we'll plug you in because my cord went from my guitar. Back to the little amplifier setting on the stage and kind of around the handle and off to the back. It wasn't actually plugged into the amp. Even though my light was on the amp,
0: uh, I just
1: faked. I was kind of milli-vanilli in it on that guitar. (laughs) Oh, no way. (laughs) You know, yeah, until I got to where I could actually play the guitar and sing. And the way I did this, listen, Doc, (laughs) my Uncle Woody, God rest his soul, he says, well, son, I got the cure for your problem. Because I told him, I said, you know, I, I'm playing the guitar one rhythm and the vocal is singing a different rhythm and it's hard for me to do, you know, one and the other both at the same time. He says, this is what you do. You take a newspaper, you shove it across the table from you, sit at that table, put that newspaper upside down so you are reading the words upside down and backwards and just read the large print on the headings of these articles on the page. He says, sit there, turn the page, do the next one. You And do that because you're having to use your right and left side of your brain at the same time to switch this over. And he says, this is going to help you. It will assist you in in what you want to do be singing a different rhythm that you're playing and brother i did that and i did that for like a week and then and then i went at my guitar i said okay i'm gonna go after it and i did it it worked it worked and it'll work for anybody that tries it
0: that's crazy i've never heard that that's phenomenal yeah it works dude that is really cool, I, and I love I love things like that. I love the the little, little bits like that. And I I have a guitar. I don't play one though. Nobody 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 will uh, ever ever accuse me of being a good playing a guitar, let alone a great guitarist. Uh, <laughs> you know, but I I love that. That's just something that you know one of those little tricks. You know, my mom says that those little tricks once you learn them, they're they're you know lifesavers, and they let it last forever. And that's some, yeah. something that's true. That's really cool. Um, yeah, man. For what was it like, you know, being in that time period of, of great music? Some of the greatest music of all time is is through that '60s and '70s ride right there. Um, to have you know, catch some of your tunes on the radio.
1: Well, it was awesome to know uh, that people were listening to our tunes and and liking what they were hearing. And when we would go play a gig, and, and we're you know, going across the country in a bus or if we're flying, you know, uh, in the chartered aircraft that we chartered throughout the years, uh, to hear one of your songs, it's like everybody goes, wait, listen, <laughs> 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 listen, you guys, <laughs> and there's some intense listening going on, but back then, it was in the hands of of patriotic families. The 777 rule was intact in the FCC uh, up until 1995 when it got deregulated under the Clintonistas. And up until then, we had families, U.S., moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, uh, patriots who had children and therefore there was a moral conscience over what, All of our children were seeing and hearing, but when they deregulated uh, and did away with the 777 rule, we are now uh, really experiencing what that really meant, because it left the hands of the people, and it left, more importantly, the moral conscience of the people.
0: It's definitely you know it's it's funny the type of you know when music was rocking in the seventies and you know and that kind of thing and I, I want to address that you know because morally I mean I think a lot of things should be left up to the parents as as it is and but you know it's a big change I mean you go from Elvis and not being able to be seen from the waist up you know from what you know from the waist down rather to going through different times but it's definitely something that I think things can get out of hand. Oh yeah, definitely. You never want to right. tail wagging, wagging your dog, you know?
1: Yeah, dude. Uh, and, but back then, the people would call in. In 1975, I got a BMI award for the song Bad Time because it was played more than any other song that year in 1975. So I got this plaque from, from BMI. And even though my song didn't go to number one, it got played more than the one that did you know why? Because people were calling in, Doc. They were right. uh, they were influencing what they were going to hear next on the radio. They were asking for it, and the DJs were uh, very uh, willing to play and to be that DJ and to be a part of uh, the everyday life of that station. And that's what we did. Man, we tuned into somebody... Uh, because we liked their voice, we
0: liked where they were coming from, we knew them, we played uh, basketball with them, you know, right. it was like
1: that. And, and But all of that is out the window with the corporate ownership of the airwaves. And there's just a very few, as you probably know, there's a very few... Privately owned stations
0: left. Right. And I, remember, I was one of those kids, man. I was one of those kids picking up, I want to hear this, I want to hear that. I was one of those guys, you know. I mean, definitely without a doubt. You know, it's funny, I joke, but you say that. And in, 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 the, in the late early 80s, early 90s, when Donny Osmond made his comeback, they snuck his name and didn't say who he was. You could never get away with that today because they didn't want to, you know, get him, you know, stereotyped. You could never do that today with anybody because the Internet would have it out there in five seconds that, hey, Mark Farner is putting out a new song under this name or whatever or not playing who it is. You can you can never sneak that out there today. And and that's kind of part of that whole persnickety of things, of, of, of things changing over time you know some for the better some for not to the better but i mean you know I, it's amazed to me that you could sit there and say that they bring up people picking up the phone and calling in and telling the local dj hey i want to hear grand funk railroad or hey i want to hear mark Farner," i want to hear the beatles or whatever that the demand was so big you couldn't ignore it right yeah that was uh that's
1: when music was good uh it was free because we didn't have uh Executives from the company telling us we couldn't say that word in a song or we couldn't go that direction with a song. And some of these uh, bands are have told me some of the newer bands that I, I know they uh, they have been uh, editorialized their songwriting has been editorialized to something
0: that is meaningless
1: it, it doesn't have the effect on the soul that it should because it's it, you know the meat was taken out of it right so this and that's what's going on and, and it's just it's too bad uh, we got to go to the the music of the 60s and 70s and you know, uh, 80s to, to hear good music and to hear stuff that was that came from a spot in our heart and it was played just like that at the time. Uh, today uh, you know you got a guy sitting in New York City that's program director for like 4500 stations dude. Uh, there's no uh, personal impact on that local station anymore.
0: Yeah, that's really a rough thing. And that's that, that was an American scene from AM to even when FM first broke in. You know, no one's ever brought that up on the show. And that's, that is true. You, you were such a – the guy in the local uh, DJ was a local celebrity. And and he came in and you'd be like, hey, like, I'm, exa- like uh, I, I'm a Texas boy, but I grew up outside of Philly. So you went into WFIL in Philly and you had Dr. John Rose and Jim O'Brien and all those guys right there. They were they were as, as big as a celebrity as you could get locally, and then you'd have somebody like your band come in, and boom, everybody knew you were there, and everybody's calling in for your new song.
1: Right on, that was good radio, brother.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Now you know you've accomplished a lot of things over the time period of you know of also making things about you know you're very patriotic. You know you, you you've got you've been awarded you know your I'm your captain. You know, touched so many millions of guys, I mean, the veterans voted the number one song from Vietnam veterans. That had to mean something, man.
1: That was, uh, we played the 25th anniversary of the Vietnam uh, Memorial, War Memorial in D.C. at the wall, and when I found out that they had voted my song uh, their number one choice from the, from the Vietnam veterans, and They they had called and they they asked if I could come and play my song. You know, just take an acoustic guitar and play it. And I asked them, are you going to have a stage and lights there? And he said, oh yeah, we're going to be all set up. I said, okay. If it's okay with you, I'll bring my whole band. We'll bring the tour bus. We won't charge you a cent. We will do this for free, but we'll put on a show for our brothers and sisters who are there at the wall for the 25th anniversary, and they went, oh man, you kidding me? So we went and we played the show, brother, and I want to tell you, not only American Vietnam veterans, but our Canadian brothers and sisters were there to the Vietnam veterans that were there. And when I sang, you know, we did a rock and roll show, we rocked their asses, and then we went into I'm Your Captain, and it was... Oh my God, I wish I could send you a piece of what happened at that moment, because the spirit was all around us. It was just, everything else went away in the park, and all, everybody that was there within eyesight of each other was crying, but in a good tear, was rejoicing. People from other states had never met each other, hugging. Uh, you know, it was just so good But to try to sing I'm your captain with a softball In your neck, dude, I was so emotional <laughs> I could hardly <laughs> get my mouth To open, let alone sing notes <laughs> uh,
0: Well, you know, and, and I, I read this in your bio Your dad was a Four-time Bronze Star recipient Yeah Man, was, we just had uh, Veterans Day just go by Please, give us a little bit A little, little bit of respect on your pops
1: Yeah, man he was a tank driver in the 7th Armor Division. He uh, he was, you know, the guy, I forget what they call him, but when it goes dark or dusk, and the and the driver who can't see anymore because of the little slit that he looks through, there's a, there's a one of the four guys in there, actually five guys in the Sherman, uh, would go up and they look out the top and then Their feet would be down, and if they wanted the driver uh, to turn one way or the other, they would push their foot on that shoulder. If it was a light push, it was just a light turn. If it was a heavy push, you had to turn heavy. Well, the guy got shot, dude, and he's, he's dead. And his feet are dangling and touching my dad's shoulder every once in a while. And my dad drove the tank into the Rhine River. Oh, my God. Yeah, and he dove down, kept going back, and he got all of his buddies out of the tank. He was quite a guy.
0: Man, that's thank you so much. I know I kind of threw you to, to, to bring that up, and I hope you don't mind, but I saw that, and I wanted to give respect to your dad and, and all our veterans out there, but I mean, a four-time Bronze Star recipient, I had to give some love out there, man, so I hope you don't mind at me. No, man, to I never Mike. I'm mean, that you, Dr. That, just, that just that just gave me uh, uh, goosebumps um, uh, for sure. Uh, I just kind of got thrown from that myself, and then you're then you're up there and and you know and and you're singing a song in front of all these vets. Man, I, I don't I don't know how you did it, man. I, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting that softball you were just talking about. Um, you know, but yeah. I, I'll tell you, you know, it, it's funny though because I love talking to rock guys because. You know, one, growing up in that time period, there's nothing like going to a really cool rock concert. You know, live music is is awesome as it is, but when you go to a rock concert and you can feel it to your toes, and I think, you know, people like yourself and bands that, you know, you've been with and, you know, and, and you know, other groups like yourself, I think it's really cool to when you see it and you go and you go, man, you know, they still kick ass. Yeah you know, and and that's what I like to see. I mean, you know, of course, none of us are any younger, you know, I mean, mean, but, but, you know, and and I mean, I would love, you know, but but it's still to go out there and rock out and see that you're still going, man. I mean, you you still got music coming. Oh, yeah. And as a matter of fact, on the
1: new uh, DVD being released in February, um, we have five bonus songs that have never been released uh, that we are, you know, that we're putting out. And there are some bonus videos along with um, 18-song set list. but the the DVD from Chile with Love, uh, we released a single from, Rock and Roll Soul, on Veterans Day, and Rock and Roll Soul was given away as a free download. You can still download it uh, free off the MarkFronter.com page. And uh, it just shows a little bit of the the highlights of the show throughout this video, Uh, but it gives you a little insight as to what's going to be released here in February. Because people, uh, they're going to get geeked. You know, you talk about your goosebumps, Doc, and and this will bring goosebumps to you when people out sing the PA system when their voices are louder than the PA. Holy crap! Right, <laughs>
0: right. I did. That. Hey, you'll come back on for that back then to promote that, won't you?
1: Oh yes, I will.
0: That, that's aw- That's awesome. I love that. I'm excited. Tell us a, just a little little tease about what is like involved with you putting this together.
1: Well, putting it together, um, there was an eight-camera shoot, and the company down there in Santiago, the guy is a a big fan, Carlos, he's he's a big fan, and he is a very tender-hearted guy and very creative and And all of the cameramen, I mean, out of an eight-camera shoot, you're going to run into some cameramen, you know. Uh, I've done it before on stage. You go to turn around and boom, you you knock the guy on his ass. Oh, sorry about that, buddy.
0: (laughs) Been (laughs) there, been there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But these guys were so professional, man. They were on the stage taking close shots and gave me all kinds of room, all kinds of respect. Uh, And and th- just the creative uh, part of it, uh, they really appreciate uh, Mark Farner's music, of course, and and Carlos uh, did another uh, video that's going to be released, it's one of the bonus uh, videos, it's called Never and Always, and this is a great time for this, this song and this video, so I'm kind of geeked about that too, brother.
0: Yeah, and and, and so when when does that come out, February?
1: Yes, and the like I said, the Rock and Roll Soul video is available now. Uh, Never and always will be available between now and when the release of the DVD from Chile with Love.
0: I'm looking forward to seeing that, man, definitely for sure, without a doubt. Uh, All right. I'm, I'm anxious about that. And I'm going to go listen, uh, to, uh, the parts of, uh, for, uh, rock and soul. I'm going to go check out and listen to it. I didn't get the clip of it until after. So apologies for that. So I didn't get a chance to review it yet, but I'll give a hot review on it afterwards. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Uh, and, uh, now, you know, you're, you're a two time Michigan Hall of Famer here. You know, you're in the Rock and Roll Legends Hall of Fame as both, uh, a solo artist and with Grand Funk Railroad.
1: Yeah, kind of proud of that, and my home state here, and, uh, you know, because it's it's an honest presentation, it's an honor uh, society, and I am honored by them, uh, where, uh, with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know how much honor's in there, just because uh, some of your favorite bands, who should be there because of the numbers and the favor with the people, but are not, and there are other people that shouldn't be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but they are, so it's a political arena, and we don't play with that creature, and people when they say, you know, why aren't you guys in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I tell them, we don't have that brown ring around our
0: lips <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly why well I, and, I, and i'll be honest with you i i've looked at the list of people that aren't in it and, and so many of my friends and, and and people i know and like yourself I, and, and i looked and i looked like three times and i was like wait a minute you know you're not you're not i'm like this is ridiculous and there's tons of people who Stop music and made it go backwards that aren't in it. So I mean, I, man, somebody need to wake up. But I—that's I, I my soapbox for another day. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, but, yeah, right. you know. But I mean, also, and you know, this one's a little bit close to my heart because I'm half Cherokee Indian. So you know, you've been honored, you know, because yeah. you're part Indian and you're Native American here, and. uh and that's really, really cool that you've been, you know, by Lakota Sioux and the Cherokee Honor Society. I mean, how does that feel, man? You know, as, as being who you are, as recognition in music and everything else, but then also your contributions being honored by, you know, your own people.
1: Yes. And I'm, as I've told so many people, brother, it's, for me, it's more of an honor uh, to have m- my Cherokee Uh, Medal of Honor that I was awarded November 5th of 2004 than than it is uh, for me to be wanting to get in the rock hall. I mean, I don't want to be, you know, exploited by a bunch of phonies. (laughs) I I would rather spend my time and when I did the ceremony and went out, I played uh, acoustically. I played for our brothers and sisters, uh, I'm your captain, and a lot of people, you know, love the song, recognize it, of course. Yes. And there were other people in the tribe who were getting Lifetime Achievement Awards and uh, just to be with our people and to feel the vibe and go through the the museum, the Trail of Tears Museum in Tahlequah. If, If people have not them through it they need
0: to go through there yes, and sir. understand what happened to our people yes sir and you can't you you walk through there uh, if you don't feel anything i don't i don't think you have a heart beating
1: you've got
0: Right. I mean, it it, it is amazing. But I just, I wanted to bring that up because I was so, I I didn't know, I didn't know that you were American Indian. I didn't know that you're Native American. And and, and that was really cool. And and you're part Cherokee. That kind of hit me because I am, you know, and and that was was really cool as well. I got something that's funny. How do you take this as, you know, is modern day as you're mentioned on The Simpsons? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Tell me that's not kind of cool in today's, on, on a cartoon that, that you know that you get recognized on a cartoon as being cool. Yeah,
1: and, and you know, the first time I saw that, Doc, I was at Pine Knob, which, well, it's uh, Detroit Energy Theater now, but we uh, always saw the shows down there north of Detroit called Pine Knob, and you know, it's an amphitheater, 15, 20,000 people can sit there. And we did a show down there with, I forget who was, uh, with I know Nugent was with us, somebody else, but... They ran that clip before Grand Funk took the stage, <laughs> and that was the first time I saw it. And I'm laughing my ass off. I'm over there going, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> Did you hear <laughs> the shirtless, <Mary? laughs> the bomb <bong> rattling bass, <laughs> the competent drumming?"
0: <laughs> that is great. I love that. You know, I mean, oh I, I, I look, some, some of the, my granddaughter, besides the fact my like my eleven year old granddaughter, she knows who you are for numerous things. One, Gaspila Carolera's got the uh time life thing on right now, and you guys got some songs on there. So she's like, I, I told her a couple days ago, I said, Hey, look, I'm gonna have you on, and she's like, There's that song again. You know, so I mean it's kinda like so she kinda digs it from that kind of deal. But you know, then like the Simpsons and stuff like that, you know, the kids watch today. I think it's just really cool to That you know, they bring you on and trying to put you in because those guys are fans, yeah, you know, and 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 they they throw you in, they throw you into it. So, I think that's that's super cool as well. Now, as far as where where can everybody find you on social media? Because, I by the way, you have a badass page when it comes to really cool merchandise. So, I'd suggest everybody go check out your merchandise because you have some really cool merchandise.
1: Well, I appreciate that, doc, and I want to mention too that all my merchandise is U.S. made. I don't sell so, my fans any foreign crap
0: yes sir appreciate that that keeps people in work
1: yeah the the, uh, the merch um out there is it's getting slower and slower and slower in the united states and we're down to two companies dude that we can get stuff from And and it used to be no problem, but I've stayed with U.S. manufacturers, even though it cost me more, I don't care. I'm investing in our country. When I buy U.S., I'm investing in our country. Because, you know, when I buy my cars, I'm investing in our country. I got U.S. made cars and trucks. I I don't have foreign stuff because why? Because our country needs the help. We need to keep our money here. But that is not something that is taught to us in school or showed to us on the telly or told to us over the airwaves of some station. We're getting bombarded with all this foreign crap all the time, but we gotta remind each other of who we are and we're patriots of the greatest country that ever was.
0: Amen to that, my friend. And, I, and I'll tell you honestly, because I know, because I've been dealing with merchandise for a long time too, and merch stuff is, and I know considerably how much the cost is that you eat, that you could make out of your shirts and other merchandise, that you could take the easy way to go. I know that difference, and it's a lot. It's a lot of money that you, that you could be getting yourself. So, I mean, people don't understand that a shirt or a cup or whatever could be, you could be making a lot more off it than you are if you wanted to be greedy.
1: Yeah. Well, bless your heart for mentioning that, brother. We we got to stay true to our school. Oh, and, uh, and my heart is is for the U.S. And, and for us to recover.
0: Amen to that. Now, two questions real quick, my friend. One, yeah. anybody, if we're putting back the Wayback Machine, anybody you could have recorded with back in the day, one or two, who would it have been? Would
1: have been, I'd like to have sang on um, a Jimi Hendrix tune. Him and I became friends and we had talked about that and we were going to do that. Oh! Yeah. He said, Man, you
0: playing guitar and singing and me playing guitar. He says, Are you shitting me? Oh, my. You know, uh, oh, I hope that word didn't. We're, 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 we're all right, brother. We're all right. We're good.
1: All, all right. right. Yeah, but he was such a counter than you know on stage he looked very uh, almost surreal because of the way he dressed and his motions and the energy that he carried on stage and then when we were talking off in the dressing room it was like we're talking about fishing and other stuff we never even talked music except for when I told him I said man I gotta tell you you are my guitar playing hero you are my guy (laughs) and yeah and he He's telling me, well, well, dude, I appreciate that. And he says, I want you to know, man, you sing your ass off. He said, you are a really good singer. We should do something. You know, that's when we were talking back in Randall's Island, and uh, I've been in the dressing room, him and ours. Uh, and God rest his soul, uh, that's one I would have liked to put in the groups with him.
0: That is well, man. Is it, you got you got a funny Jimmy story. I mean, I'm sorry. I know we're running over time here, but you got a funny story, or a good story you could tell us about Jimmy and your friendship.
1: Well, yeah. Um, here's a funny story. Randall's Island. Uh, Grand Funk had already been on the stage, and uh, Jimmy sent his buddy. It, it was like uh, his his. Uh, what they call him Boy Friday, you know. Right, right, right. right. He sent his, his runner over to my dressing room, and his, his name is Rabbit. He, that was his nickname. And Rabbit come in, and he says, Hey, Mark, man, Jimmy wants you to come over to the dressing room. I says, Okay, man, as soon as I put some riches on, I'll, I'll come on over. <laughs> so I walked over there to his dressing room. I walk in, and it looks like, snowdrifts lined up on the table there <laughs> and this guy hands me a hundred dollar bill rolled up in oh, a little oh tube and and I and I don't take it you know I just said no uh, I don't do that I've never done that I uh, and uh, I don't really want to do anything like that but, but thanks man you guys knock yourself out and Jimmy looked over at me and said brother Mark he said you know I wouldn't give you nothing that would hurt you And, dude, the peer pressure was on. I'm going, oh, crap, man, jimmy's... I said, well, I can't do none of that. Like, you guys are doing, like, snowdrifts. It looked like snowdrifts to me. I said, "Uh, just give me just a little taste of it. So the rabbit pushes the button on the side of his knife. It clicks open. He sticks the point of that knife into one of those snowdrifts. And push it up towards my nose. I I plug off one side. I whisked it off there. I went, oh my God! It went right straight through the top of my head. It, it, it kept going. It went out the top of my head. I, I was like, Oh my God! This is it's ripping. Me. And those guys are kind of laughing and chuckling at me. I said, Dude, I gotta I gotta get over there so I can catch your show because I had already put a packing blanket and some stuff up on top of the equipment truck, which was a twenty foot box truck. That had some equipment in it, and I was going to use that as my prop to set up there and lean back against the, the box and watch my guitar hero tear it up. So those guys, after, you know, and they whipped up that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, it's gone. I look over as I'm leaving, it's gone, man. Uh, and they, you know, Put him, put him up on a stage, I'm up on the truck, I'm looking, I'm, I'm about stage level, you know, the, the top of that truck there. Right. Uh, and I'm looking right across at, at Jimmy, and he's reaching for his guitar neck, dude, and he's missing it by a foot. Oh. Every time, oh. after several tries, uh, this kid with long blonde hair, no shirt, skinny, Bell-bottom jeans that he walked the excess length off of bare feet, bare feet, and he walks up, I don't know where he came from, dude, I I mean, how did he get on that stage? But he was there, he walks up behind Jimmy, uh, you know, puts his hand on one shoulder, he grabs Jimmy's hand and engages it with the guitar neck. And Jimmy just kind of looked at him like to say, oh God, thank you. (laughs) you (laughs) And then Jimmy tried to play guitar, brother. And Jimmy couldn't have found a note uh, with a note detector. He was playing something else in different keys. His bass player and drummer were playing and he was not in time with them or anyone else. And it was it was a sickening experience. Besides that stuff that I quiffed up, which I found out it was a cross between cocaine and heroin, dude. That's what he was on when he wow. went up on that stage. And that's why he couldn't. He couldn't have found his ass with both hands. I'm not kidding you. He, nice. was, just, he was just out of it. And I I said right then, uh, as I uh, fell off that cab of the truck, right. because what happened was his echoplex, that, you know, that wow, wow, wow. He just let it go, and he was sticking his guitar into the amp, and it was, He was going crazy, and it was making me sick to my stomach. And I... I I started to feel lightheaded, I, I guess I passed out, and when I woke up, all these faces are looking down at me, and I'm looking up, and I'm like, oh my God, get me out of here, <laughs> you know, I, I, I made it back to the hotel, but man, and I never did get to see Jimmy after that, uh, he died shortly after, um, but I just wanted to tell him, man, that I didn't appreciate that and for him to tell me that he wouldn't give me nothing that would hurt me and then and that happened to me I was like, "Oh, dude." <laughs> I just really wanted to talk sincerely with him. But right. I never got to. Well, the some, some,
0: sometimes unfortunately, you know, they think they're in control or whatever and it happens like that, you know, and they think, "Oh man, it's just this whatever. It kind of happens yeah. like that." I mean, you know it is, but I mean in and, and, yeah. and he, unfortunately we lost him way too young and he was one of the greatest and many, many, yeah. many of our friends, acquaintances, mates, and everything else have been down those roads and a lot of them didn't come back. And, yeah. you know, that, that, that's, that's, that's about that. I mean, part of it is, but it, it has been a true pleasure having you on. I really would love you to come back home when the video when DVD comes out, man. I would love to have you back yeah, on. Man. Please tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Twitter, Instagram?
1: Instagram, yes. I'm so... I never go there. But... uh, And I don't do that stuff. If I got into it, what... How could I write songs? (laughs) i got to keep my mind clear. Right, uh, right. yeah. It's uh, Mark Farner's American Band, and on the net, markfarner.com.
0: I really appreciate it, and it's been a great, great pleasure talking to you. And uh, please stay in touch. Ladies and gentlemen... Right now, go check out Rock and Roll Soul. It's out there right now. Check it out with Mark Farner. It's it's absolutely, you know, right now, go get it. You want to feel a real rock and roll soul? That's going to be where you're going to find it. I appreciate it. Lifebox Media Channel, Radio Podcast. Thank you so much. You have a safe, wonderful day, and we will talk soon.
1: Okay, Doc. God bless you. God bless you, my son. Good talking to you. And, hey, if I don't see you in the future, brother, I'll see you in the pasture.
0: Right on, right on, my friend.